One of the things the Lord put on our heart about these first things, first nights, was that um, we would have a little bit more of an intentional approach to them, um, whereas in the, the past it was a little bit more random in the sense that um, different guys on our staff or in our leadership would share, and it was more just something God had put on their heart, which was awesome, but this year um, the Lord really put it on our heart to focus on and kind of be intentional about looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit and uh, just refreshing ourselves as a body in that and how what they look like, how they're supposed to function. And so we're going to begin doing that tonight here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'm going to begin reading in verse 1. Follow along, please. Paul writes, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Everybody say ignorant. Now, it's interesting that Paul would say that because if you look at the, the scope of the church, um, you know, really across the board, uh, especially here in the United States, in a lot of churches, this is one of the areas that the church is very, very ignorant about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, that word ignorant means lacking knowledge, information, or awareness about a particular thing. Now, what's interesting, um, the Lord said in the book of Hosea, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but then he said this, because they've rejected knowledge. And so the, the idea being, it wasn't that the knowledge wasn't available, but they rejected it, they ignored it. And that's kind of what has happened in the church today. And some of that has been because of the fact that, you know, there are churches that abuse the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, what tends to happen is people swing to extremes and part of the church can swing way over here to the extreme and, and end up kind of abusing the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and there's things that happen in the church that are completely not biblical and, and not what Paul laid out here. So what happens, the, another whole side of the church kind of swings the other extreme, even to the point of saying, you know, the gifts aren't for today. Like when we got the full Bible, we don't need the gifts of the Holy Spirit anymore. Some actually teach that. And um, what's interesting about that argument is that the church in Corinth was a church that Paul had probably the most negative things to say about. I mean, they abused the Lord's Supper. They were, because um, they had real wine at, they're getting drunk when they're having communion. Um, there's a guy living with his, or sleeping with his um, father's wife in the church and the church isn't doing anything about it. They're just, he's worshiping and everything and they're just kind of ignoring it and Paul had to write and rebuke them about that. And, um, but they were also, it's funny because he writes in the beginning and says that they were flourishing in all the gifts. And so there's this church that they had like all these good things going on and flourishing in the gifts but at the same time they were kind of completely out of order. And so he doesn't write and say, hey, hey, stop doing all of that. But he writes three chapters in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 that basically he says, this is what this supposed, is supposed to look like. And that's what we're going to zero in on um, on these uh, Wednesday nights, these first things, first nights. Now, I want to say... We're just going to do a little Reader's Digest version of this. If you're interested in a more detailed study, we did like a 10-week series back in 2005 
that is in our study in 1 Corinthians. It is on our website if you want to just, you know, you can, uh, re- you can search that, Google that, or search that on our website, um, 1 Corinthians. I taught it, so I, I'm the speaker listed there. And, um, you know, we went into great detail. But tonight, and in these coming weeks, we're just going to do little reader's digest, just to kind of familiarize ourselves. So Paul says in verse 4, let's skip down there, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. Now, there's two key words here, differences and diversities. Now, differences speaks of variety. It's like when you go to Baskin Robbins, they have 31 flavors. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, it's awesome, right? Um, any uh, pralines and cream lovers, uh, Baskin Robbins? Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Uh, but tell you what, you really want great ice cream at a cheap price, go down to Rite Aid. Their chocolate chip is the best in the world, and it's half the price. But uh, they don't have 31 flavors. They only have about 12. But, but anyway, this verse, differences speaks of variety. But what's interesting when you think about ice cream, it's all made from the same stuff, right? It's all made from milk. It all comes from the cow. Well, that's the same thing with this, is that these are, there's a differences in these gifts, but they all come from the same source, from the Holy Spirit. And so... Um, you know, Paul will talk about, you know, we're not all teachers or we're not all this. There's a diversity in that, but it's the same stuff. It comes from the same source. It all comes from the Lord. So he says there are different gifts, but the same spirit. There are different ministries, but the same Lord. There are different operations, but the same God. And um, so, but he also mentions this word diversity, And diversity speaks more of the way in which the gifts are going to be manifested that it's not going to be the same. It will differ from time to place to person. You know, I'm a Bible teacher here at Calvary Vista. Aaron Sabio, who teaches our high school ministry, is a Bible teacher at our church. And we both have a similar gift, but there's a difference in the way that we will communicate. And so that's kind of the the idea in that, is there's a diversity. It will differ from um, person to place, which is awesome because that's the beauty of the body of Christ, that in this room, we're not all the same. You know, we have different personalities. Some are a little bit more emotional. Some are a little bit more stoic. You know, some, um, uh, you know, Rob Nash back here, our missions pastor, is a little bit more of a mystic. And, you know, some of us are a little bit more, you know, uh, analytical. And, 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 but that's the beauty. It all kind of comes together and we're not all the same. But the goal is the same. And he gives us the goal in verse 7 when he says, but the manifestation, that word manifestation means the shining forth. The shining forth, or you could think of it this way, the expression. So the manifestation, the shining forth, the expression of the Holy Spirit is given to each one, and here's the reason, for the profit of all. For the building up of everyone. So the gifts of the Holy Spirit are not 
Let me say it again. They are not so that someone can look in, at you and say, wow, he's so spiritual. Or look at her and go, wow, she's so godly. But no, it's to build up the body of Christ. And when I realize that in a setting like this, I'm not going to want to dominate. I'm not going to want to you know, be the only one saying anything because I realize that you know, the gifts are in the body of Christ as a whole and as everyone gets an opportunity and they share and use their gifts, the body gets built up. Well, from there, Paul gives a list of the gifts and I'm going to read them and then we're going to look at two. He says, For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, and to another prophecy, and to another the discerning of spirits, and to another different kind of tongues, and to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Now, here's the thing. Over the course of this year on these Wednesday nights, we're going to break down these different gifts and their functions. Some nights we'll look at just one. Other nights we'll look at more than one because oftentimes these gifts are coupled together and we're going to see that tonight in the two gifts that we're going to look at as we consider the gifts of the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge. We'll start with the word of wisdom. Wisdom has been called the application of knowledge. And the word of wisdom is the, and here's the key, it's the supernatural ability. So it's not natural because it's coming from the Holy Spirit. It's the supernatural ability to speak into a situation or to give insight or to diffuse a situation with wisdom. Wisdom, again, is knowledge applied. Now, we have a classic example in, in the book of First um, Kings chapter 3. It happens when Solomon is king. And remember, there's these two women that come to him, and they both had babies, and one of the babies, uh, the, the lady in the night, she kind of rolled over, and she suffocated her baby, and it died, and so she took that baby and went to her friend's baby. They were in the same house, and she exchanged them. So the one lady woke up, and, and here's her little baby, and, and, and she, it's dead, but she's like, this is not my baby. I know what my baby looks like, and she's like, accuses the other woman of stealing her baby, and and so they're both claiming to be the mom of the baby, and they come to Solomon, with, and he has this dilemma. Now picture yourself as Solomon, like what are you going to do? You have two women that are both claiming to be the moms of this baby, and Solomon gets a word of wisdom when he says, I'll tell you what we're going to do. Give me a sword. I'm going to cut the baby in half, and I'll give each one of you part of the baby, Okay. Well, the one lady who wasn't the mother said, okay, that sounds good. Go ahead and do that. And of course, the lady who was the mother said, no way, give it to her. And Solomon knew in that instance that, okay, this is the real mom because the real mom would not want 
her baby to be cut in half and killed. Another example takes place in Acts chapter 6, and this happens in the book of Acts when there's a division um, amongst the, the Jews. They were living at that time. The Christians were communally because um, you know the whole bunch of them got saved in Jerusalem, and they were far away from their homes, and they didn't want to leave because they had just discovered Jesus was the Messiah. So they're living communally. They're, they're eating communally. And what was happening in the day distribution of the food, the Hellenistic, the Greek uh, Jewish uh, ladies, the widows, felt like they weren't getting an equal portion. So it was this, all of a sudden, this big uproar and opportunity for the church in the very beginning to be divided by something so trivial. And so they come to the apostles with this problem, and it says in verse, I'll read it to you, in chapter 6, verse 1, then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it's not desirable that we we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And it said, then this saying pleased the whole multitude. Now again, here was a situation that they had never experienced before. There was nothing that they could turn to and go, okay, what do you do? You know, what does it say in the book about this? but it was an instance where there was a problem and God gave them supernatural wisdom to diffuse the problem and kept the church flowing in unity. So those are some examples of this word of wisdom. And again, the word of wisdom is the supernatural ability to speak wisdom into a situation that brings direction or diffuses tension. It happens sometimes in a sermon. I can be sharing something and I might make an analogy. And I'm just, I'm just, you know, something that comes to my mind that I'm using as an analogy and I'm sharing that perfectly fits a situation of somebody in the body that I know nothing about. And what's interesting is I'll have people, I've had people come up to me after a time like that, after a message, and they'll say, do you have my house tapped? Do you have my house bugged? Or guys will come and go, do my wife call you? And I'm like, I don't even know who your wife is, bro. You know, I, I have no idea, you know. Um, no, but, but God put something on my heart that, that, I, that I was speaking and giving a, a word of wisdom or bringing wisdom into a situation. And sometimes it's hypothetical in my mind, but it's, it's totally what's going on in their world. The gift of the word of wisdom can happen in normal conversation or in counseling. When somebody's sharing something with you, and they're sharing, and, and all of a sudden you just get a sense, like this strong impression, I would call it, from the Holy Spirit, that you're supposed to tell them this, that, hey, this is what you're supposed to do, and it's God using you to give that brother or sister a word of wisdom, and it's like so clear, it's exactly what they needed to hear. And then the gift of the word of wisdom functions in this kind of setting, oftentimes with the word of knowledge, and which is why we're looking at them together. And I want to move on and, and talk about the word of knowledge for a few minutes, and then we'll, we'll see how the two come together, and then we'll get into our time of worship tonight. The word of knowledge is when you have insight into a situation that you wouldn't normally have. God gives you a word of knowledge. 
You get knowledge about something that you knew nothing about, you know, 10 minutes before. Jesus always exercised this gift. We see example of it in uh, John chapter 4 when he's, you know, in Samaria. He's at the woman at the well and, and there he's having that conversation, you know, with this woman about uh, the water in the well. And, and he says to her, why don't you go get your husband? And she says to him, well, I'm not married. And he says, yeah, <laughs> you're right. You're not married. You've had five husbands. Husbands and the person that you're with right now, you're not married to. Now, Jesus didn't know her. No one had texted him and said, hey, you're going to meet this woman. Here's her story. But God was giving him in that moment, the Holy Spirit was giving him a word of knowledge about this woman and her situation. Jesus always knew. He always had a word of, wisdom, a word of knowledge about what the Pharisees were thinking. It used to drive him crazy, you know, because they'd be thinking something and he would say it. Or he would do the same thing with the disciples. Like the time they were all arguing about who was going to be the greatest. And Jesus wasn't there. And all of a sudden Jesus comes into the situation. He goes, hey, let me tell you about who's going to be the greatest. And they're all looking at one another like, how did he know? You know? How did he know that we were talking about that? So the word of knowledge is having insight into a situation that you wouldn't normally have. Now again, this happens in sermons all the time. It happens when, again, just giving an analogy or getting a sense and, you know, somebody's teaching and they say, you know, today you might be struggling in this way. And they don't even know you. They don't even know what's going on in your life. But all of a sudden, they're, they're speaking directly to your heart because they're hitting on what's going on in your life in that moment. Again, it can happen in a conversation or in counseling where you have insight. I've had this happen many times where somebody's talking to me and they're kind of beating around the bush, so to speak, about you know, what's going on. And God goes, this is really what's going on. And I'll say to them, you know what? Um, I think this is really what's going on with you. And they're just, they're dumbfounded. They're like, you know, how did you know? Well, because the, the Holy Spirit just impressed that upon my heart. And, um, and that can happen, you know, where you get a sense like, hey, this is what's going on. Um, and... Uh, you know, you might get insight that somebody is, you know, and, and it can happen also in, in a setting like this as we're waiting upon the Lord. And it's happened on some of these first things, first nights where all of a sudden there's a, a sense, you know, maybe somebody says something like, you know, there's somebody here tonight that is contemplating leaving their wife. Now, I'm not saying I just had a word of knowledge, but... Who knows? Maybe uh, <laughs> there's somebody here tonight, and uh, I actually wrote that in my notes as an example. But, uh, but, you know, that kind of thing. There's somebody here tonight that's dealing with this. There's somebody in the room tonight that, you know, is super depressed. There's somebody in the room tonight that today, you just lost your job. You, you, haven't, you haven't said a word to anybody. You, you weren't even going to come to church, and you showed up, and all of a sudden somebody's going, you know, you lost your job and oftentimes, here's what happens on these nights when, when we do this. Somebody will get a word like that, and they'll share it. And then we'll say, um, hey, if that's you, you know, what, what that brother just mentioned, if that's you, um, why don't you stand and let us pray for you? And we'll see several people around the room stand. 
Now here's where the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge often flow together. Is somebody will get some insight about a situation, might be a problem, it might be something like, you know, hey, I just sense the Lord's putting on somebody's heart here tonight that they're supposed to take a big step of faith and they've been, they've been wrestling with it and, uh, you know, it's in this particular area and... Um, and somebody might share something like that, and then somebody else will follow it up with a word of wisdom that'll say, and the Lord wants you to know this, about when you take that step of faith, this is what's going to happen. I shared on Sunday, you know, my calling out of baseball, that was the combination of a word of knowledge and a word of wisdom that came from the same person. The word of knowledge was, hey, there's somebody here tonight that's involved in athletics, that's really involved, uh, that plays baseball, and, um, you know, God, I want you to stand up. That was the word of knowledge. The word of wisdom was when he said, um, the Lord wants you to consider giving up playing ball because he's, and start getting into the word more because he's calling you into the ministry. And that person did not know me or my situation at all. What I didn't tell you on Sunday that was really interesting was for two months leading up to that night, I had been for the first time in my life struggling with baseball and my desire to play it. And that very day, I had been down at the beach because it was a rare Wednesday that we didn't have practice. And I was reading my Bible and having this conversation with God. Lord, I wish I had more time to get into your word because you know, I, just, I, just, I, I'm, I was feeling drawn to it in a big time way. I wish I had more time to do this, but with you know morning workouts and school, afternoon practice, and then I had a job on top of that, you know, it was hard. And so all of that was going on in my heart. That guy knew nothing of that, and yet that night he gives this word that changed the whole trajectory, you know, of my life. And so you, you, you following me here? Is this making sense? Word of knowledge, word of wisdom flowing together in that type of way. And um So here's the thing, as we kind of wrap this up. The heart behind all of this is love. Our heart, in a sense, love for Jesus and love for his body. And when we love the Lord and we love his body, then we want to say, Lord, I want to be available. You can use me. And that sometimes is the scariest thing in a setting like this, when we say, okay, Lord, you can use me. And... uh, and, and you're terrified, you know, of like, I, I've, never, I've never spoke before. I don't know if I can do that. And, and, um, but I want to encourage you to be bold and not be afraid and take that step of faith. And here's what some of you are going to experience. God's going to put a word on your heart, and you're not going to say it. And so he's going to tell somebody else. And they're going to say it. And you're going to go, man, I wish I would have said that because that was totally the Lord. But that's okay. That's how we learn, okay? That's how we learn, all right? And, um, and uh, that's how we grow. But we want to just be open to that. And so Pete's going to come back up right now, and we're going to begin to worship. And we're going to sing a few songs, and then we're going to wait on the Lord. And we want to just be open tonight to the Lord speaking to us with words of knowledge and words of wisdom. And, um, you know, if God, and on top of that, you know, if God puts a, a, a scripture on your heart to share or, you know, something else that he's just moving you, feel free. You know, this is the thing, and this is what we want to learn over the course of this year, is Paul said that we're to do all things as it relates to the gifts, all things. 
He wants us, you know, these are for today and we're to, you know, they're to be a part of our church and to be a part of our lives. He wants us to do all things but decently and in order. And so there's a structure, there's an order. You know, it's not people talking over one another and it's not people competing. It's not, you know, but it's just a, a heart. And when, when the Holy Spirit is flowing and moving, there's a sweetness to it. And, and this is a really, if you if you not paying attention, pay attention right now, please. Because here's another thing I really want us as a church to learn, is in these type of settings, there will be a flow of the Holy Spirit. And what I mean by that is he might put on somebody's heart over here a particular thing that that person is speaking or praying about, and he's going to have us kind of, it's going to flow. You know, there's going to be a connection to that in the next couple of things that are shared. And then there might be a pause and another song, and then he might bring something else up. And I just want to encourage you to be sensitive to the flow. Even if God puts something on your heart, like you know, man, I know God wants me to say this, but it doesn't go with what was just said. Wait a little while, because I guarantee you, your opportunity will, will come up, and it won't seem like the Holy Spirit's schizophrenic, you know? <laughs> where he's like just going all over the place um, type of a thing. And, uh, but sometimes that happens. And, but you know, I think that as we learn and as we grow in this, it's really, really beautiful and really, really sweet. So um, let's be open. Amen? Amen? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have given these gifts of your spirit to work and flow in the body of Christ, in the church. And Lord, we want to be, as as believers here at Calvary Vista, we want to be open to your leading. We want to be open to your voice. We want to be open, God, to you speaking specifically into our lives and into situations. Because Lord, I know you love everybody that's here. And so, God, we come now. We bring our hearts before you to worship you, to draw near to you, to wait upon you. Because you are our king. Thank you, Lord.